0: So this is uh, this is a fun talk. Super fun!
1: You did a great job.
0: Body stuffers, and
1: you just noticed they complimented you, right?
0: That's the first time in seven years, um, <laughs> so I do appreciate that. Uh, but this all kind of resulted from a number of phone calls I got over a period of a week or so, and I think you got one of them too. Somebody swallowing packets when they got arrested, and I and I was really uh, bothered by what ERs are often do with these situations outside of the metros.
1: Yeah, we just didn't really know. By the way, this is episode 68. We didn't really know what should be done. So I mean, it's, you know, we got upset and then it was like, but what should be done?
0: Yeah, I mean, my assumption was if somebody swallowed something and it was not clearly packaged well, that they should be observed. And it kind of turns out I was right, but right. we're going to talk about that. Well,
1: and how afraid for the nurses. Like, I remember the one nurse said, we have like four Narcans sitting and waiting for this baggy of fentanyl to explode in this human, because that would be fatal, like, immediately.
0: No good. So first, let's just start with some general definitions, because I think it's really important that people understand. Mostly, we're going to be talking about body stuffing. And body stuffing is when somebody gets pulled over and they start swallowing some packets that they had in their pocket. Kind of to avoid arrest. right? You don't want to have this stuff in your car. Right.
1: Whereas body packing is... Is what you think about when you know you have drug meals and people. I don't know if that's politically correct, so I apologize. But if you have people um transporting, transporting drugs, especially across the borders, especially you know to
0: bring it into the bring country. it into
1: the country, and so they usually have a lot of it. Um, but the difference is, is this is a totally different reason.
0: Yeah. And then I came across something that was really pretty interesting. Another term called parachuting, and parachuting or bombing is sometimes called. I love that. Yeah, I've been all bombing. Um, I wouldn't use that in public yeah,' I'm, <laughs> my voice can still go kind of low since I've been sick. Um, but this kind of take this involves taking these packets and then maybe making little holes in them so that um, so well, that you kind of get that extended released experience, right? Isn't that fun. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a real, like, it's not highly scientific. It doesn't appear.
1: Toilet paper is another fun one or common one because it would gradually dissolve. That's the whole purpose. Um, I've heard this though, especially with meth, because people think if they put it, if they put it in the toilet paper and swallow it, not only is it extended release, but they think it's going to protect their teeth, which is not how that works. Nope. But that's what I have heard. So who does
0: this? Well, as I said during this first talk, we gave this it's sixty percent men that's because well, men don't think well. Um, <laughs> this
1: was actually from forty three cases actually, this is a study from two thousand and sixteen. We're not
0: making this up, yeah, and uh this was actually uh an article in uh, clinical pharmacology, and they talked about forty three cases and of of stuffing and average guy or that was doing this about 28 years old. Um, And and more than, uh, well, not more than half, almost half of them were actually felt to be recreational, where people found uh, with stuff in their stomach. So more
1: parachuting type
0: thing? Yeah, it was more of a parachuting episode as opposed to a stuffing episode. But But
1: over half had serious complications.
0: Yeah, so this doesn't just go away often. Uh, But I thought it was interesting that when people are parachuting more often, they're doing MDMA. But in fact, if they are stuffing, stuffing, it's typically methamphetamine or cocaine.
1: And, but do recall that this data is through 14. So I, you know, I'd be interested to see what is the most common drug that is done now, yeah. especially with the rise in thin- synthetics and then even more meth because of the higher drug charges.
0: Yeah. And when you look at parachuting, most often they're using like cigarette wrappers or plastic bags. Um, and, and often again, the toilet paper, uh, when people are swallowing packets, almost always those are typically little paper bags or other things. And we'll talk about that in a minute or plastic bags.
1: So overall the epidemiology, except for this one kind of case study report is there's limited data on the frequency. Um, and there's just more case reports. Yeah. So how do you diagnose this?
0: Oh man, it's best that the patient just tells you. You know, if they if they tell you there's a lot of things that you really want to know, right? You want right. to start with, hey, how many of those things did you swallow? That might be important. You know, what time did you do this? You know, was it, well, it's interesting because I just got a phone call yesterday. Somebody was, they had listened to the talk and they had a patient come in and said they'd swallowed packets. Hmm. Four days ago. Okay, well. Yeah, and the now they were concerned that this person was, and it was methamphetamine, but the person was not having a toxidrome. So. Well,
1: and you just worry about a bowel obstruction in that patient, which we'll get to. Yep. But then obviously you want to know what drug they swallowed because obviously if it's fentanyl, it could be fatal immediately. But, I mean, cocaine, and I've got to think that if cocaine ruptured, you could have some significant bowel mm-hmm. ruptures with the, the vasospasms. Yeah, and
0: it's important to know how well it's wrapped, right? I mean, that's going to be... That's going to be important. You know what was it put in? And it's interesting if you look at the contrast between uh, people who are packing or stuffing, the packers they know they're going to carry it for a long time, so they're in pretty good packages
1: well yeah, they people who are packing are typically the people who don't want to be doing it um, unfortunately. And so they are also just as afraid of them rupturing. And yeah. so they're I think the key though with getting that history is the approach to the history um, and approach to the patient is, is not only do you have this in you, but it's how you ask that question. Like, come on, tell me you swallow drugs, right? Like, clearly that's not going to be effective. It's yeah. more of a make it about their health and safety. You know, like we need to know this. If this ruptures, that could be really badly for, bad for you. So
0: yeah. anyway. Well, the symptoms, of course, of, of drug toxicity can also uh, give you a diagnosis early on. Again, we're going to talk a little bit about the signs and symptoms but often these can happen if they're going to within a couple of hours. Um and and we should always suspect this if a person's brought from jail or just arrested and they have very obvious signs of sudden change of in their in their situation that's uh that's going to give you all the information you might need.
1: Right. So, you know, like we've kind of already mentioned is the biggest key is is the wrapping. Um Kurt mentioned the Ziploc bags and they'll cut the corner off and only fold over twice and they do this often with especially cocaine, while it's not sealed, it's not, you know, so that you can imagine that corner is going to unwrap itself.
0: Yeah. So that makes a big difference. And they have these small Ziploc bags too, and there was a lot. I I read a whole bunch about these little tiny ones. Well, that's Uh, how it's sold typically. But interestingly, those are much more porous than you think. And so even those, even though they're plastic, don't think that they don't leach out.
1: I did wonder if <laughs> maybe there isn't studies or maybe you didn't see one or if there's even, if, if the baggy companies, I don't want to say the name brand, but like if no. the, the baggy companies studied this, like how porous their baggies. I mean, I'm sure they do with, you know, the freezer ones or not freezer ones, but mm. I mean, it could be interesting. Yeah. And not of course, they'd want to sometimes
0: when, when people are transporting these things, they might be double bagged, And so these are less likely to leak as they pass through, but unfortunately, they're more likely to to be to be slowing things down and obstruct people right so so if they give you that information, you're looking for obstruction
1: and then if something's in a paper bag or something you know like toilet paper paper bag, their symptoms are gonna usually come pretty quickly within that hour because they're gonna leach out of those those types of baggies bags pretty quickly,
0: yeah. So on physical exam, of course, we're looking at signs of drug toxicity and really what to look for. I I think we all know, you know, the cocaine, you're looking for more of that sympathomimetic toxidrome, the tachycardias, the dilated pupils, seizures, you know, methamphetamine, of course,
1: similar. Similar. I guess it depends, like our last talk, one, where in the state you might be. (laughs) Yeah. And then opioids... This is not obviously going to be a withdrawal. This is going to be an acute intoxication. So, pinpoint pupils, hypoventilation, decreased bowel sounds, CNS depression.
0: Yeah,
1: they're going to probably be pretty difficult to, you know, wake up. This is where Narcan could be helpful.
0: Yeah, and of course, when you examine the patient, of course, you're looking for things that might suggest that they're they're obstructed. Um, obviously, the um, we have to always think about where other places people might stuff. Uh, it's not always swallowing. Sometimes. It, It's vaginal, it's rectal, it's belly button.
1: Well, and these are more the packing. You know, stuffing is, you know, like you said, they're about to get arrested, swallow it. But packing, if you're getting brought into jail and you know you're being brought into jail, we've seen this. People will put baggies in the jail purse, a.k.a. vagina, and then have drugs into the jail because you can't do full body cavity searches. And so it is another
0: thought. I had a patient that put stuff up his nose. So there's lots of ways to to do this. So how about imaging? Is imaging useful with these patients? Well, this is controversial. There aren't any big studies or evidence. Um, some people have always felt that non-contrast CTs could were probably most helpful, but uh, you know then there's flat plates, and a lot of people don't use the flat plates. Some do. We can talk about it.
1: Well, and I think this is one of the frustrations that I always had getting a call saying the ER sent them right back. They didn't even get any imaging. But now it's not really that helpful. So not getting imaging isn't wrong. Um, Typically unhelpful in people who are body stuffing.
0: Yeah, a lot lot more helpful if they're packing just obviously the volume. Um, There was a study done by... uh, R J-U-N-E, J U N E et al. And this was actually in uh, Journal of Emergency Medicine a while back, but they did a study with 23 flat plates, uh, and people were known to have ingested in all 23, and they couldn't see anything. They're
1: all negative. So the CT scan also, not routine, should be used if it's unclear. So especially if you're not getting a great history, you're not quite sure, they might have some... Do they have a bowel obstruction, a partial, Um, usually without contrast, although there are case reports of using contrast. And um, volunteers say simulant packets with comparable density showed on CT without contrast, but even that was only 60% of the time. So when they did study this, only 60%... um, helpful.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in my world, after looking at all this, if I was going to do anything, I'd probably, and I was really concerned or somebody showed up with symptoms. I don't think uh, anyone would argue with the CT without contrast because some people think it's helpful. Some don't, Uh, but that would, that would probably be the go-to. And actually there was a recent study that quoted uh, some of these different accuracies and (laughs) much in contrast to what we just talked about. They did a review of the literature and showed that detection rates of body stuffing with just a flat plate was somewhere between forty seven and ninety-five percent. That's which helpful. Is, which is way different than some of the, what are the other people are saying. So again, this is unclear.
1: And then there's some studies C T was thought to be more superior. Other studies that said C T was rarely helpful. Um, negative C T is not predictive of good outcome. So it's only helpful if it's positive. Yeah. Not if it's negative.
0: So so really Again, you've got to use your best judgment. Uh, labs, of course, that's another thing. Gosh, you know, doing a urine drug screen or a blood urine or blood screen, <laughs> blood drug screen, blood <laughs> drug screen. Easy for you to say. Um, obviously, what does that mean? I mean, if they've got different substances in their urine, it doesn't mean anything because they may have already used that substance. Right. So. I don't think that's that helpful. Because nope. um, even
1: if you were to get levels, like by the time they came back, it's way beyond anyway. Yeah. So what do you do about this? Uh. There's also not much help here. So activated charcoal when they are asymptomatic, potentially. Um, so if it's pretty early on in the in the stuffing, um, heroin and cocaine do, are well absorbed. Now this is again asymptomatic. Um, but... If they rupture, so I would think more of that cocaine or stimulant effect, then you, know, you have activated charcoal in the peritoneum, and that's gross.
0: Yeah, and it's hard because there haven't been a lot of studies about this. But all over the literature is this whole bowel irrigation where you, where you guzzle down a gallon and go lightly. And I know our toxicologist friend talked a little bit about this, and she said try and convince somebody to drink a gallon of this in an hour. That's pretty tough, um, and it's a bit controversial. Uh, it's definitely contraindicated if a person is symptomatic or hypotensive. And uh, so I think that that's, uh, that's really the thing you have to think about. It's been shown to be safe in packers, but there's, again, there's not a lot of supporting literature. There's a lot of case reports. Um,
1: well, there's still retained packets.
0: Yeah, so it's it's really, again, it's one of those things that you can recommend. But I st- we're still waiting for that big study.
1: So I like this thought on endoscopy because, you know, I've had patients who swallow lots of things, razor blades and paper clips and all sorts of things, and endoscopy can be helpful because if it's still in the stomach, which those things typically are for a bit, um, that's easy. But when it comes to stuffing, even the European Society of GI Endoscopy like says no, like don't do it because... You just observe. Because, I mean, if you think about that, these are not, if we're worried about these baggies or packets leaking, they have to go in with these, like, grabber things, and they're not, you know, how do you know that they're not going to cause the rupture?
0: Yeah. And, of course, there has been a study where they looked at 132 packers and stuffers, and they basically showed that the management of these patients, if it was fairly, um, you know, just observation, it's rarely associated with serious complications, although... Uh, on the other side, I can't tell you how many case reports I've seen of disasters, but um, some people have suggested it. And actually, I saw a review of the or kind of a review of some of the uh, literature where endoscopy was suggested for small numbers of packets. Um, but again, the biggest risk being that you pop a hole in it. Right. Now we got a problem.
1: And we kind of touched on the, tox- the toxicity, and I mean, these are things we all know, like cocaine toxicity, meth toxicity, opioid toxicity, go back and listen to other podcasts. If you can't remember those, or just Google it, so we're not going to get into that. But p- patients who are symptomatic, so they're going to be symptomatic based on what substances was in there. Obviously, if they don't, they're unresponsive, or if they can't talk to you, you might need a surgical consult, especially if you're worried about some type of a rupture,
0: Now, if patients are asymptomatic, uh, kind of the general rule, it appears to be observation somewhere between 6 and 24 hours. Um, And at that point, if they have a small number of packets and that's considered less than 10, uh, they could be let go. Uh, One of the things to remember is that opioids, of course, can slow the transit and result in ileus. So that may extend the time you'd keep that patient. Well,
1: and a person with an opioid... You're gonna to want to watch them a little bit longer, I would think, because you might have to continually give Narcan or Narcan drips if it's a slow leak. But then I also wonder if I mean if they're heavy opioid users already, they might already have a slow transit. And so would that take longer?
0: But yeah. I um, think the big question is how about if patients are symptomatic? You know, when do they become symptomatic and and really how quickly does that happen? Because that's really I think when we look at the observation time, you know, it's six to 24 hours is kind of the recommended, but there was one big study done. Well, it wasn't that big, but they kind of reviewed all of these things and they really felt that that if people were going to become symptomatic, it was typically within that first six hours.
1: Yes. So average time to symptoms, two hours and 50 minutes, plus or minus an hour and 39 minutes. So, you know, according to this study, which was the European Journal of Emergency Medicine, I wonder if they have a lot of this in Europe because all these studies seem to be on a Europe, but so far, um, so six observation was most reasonable, although our, everybody's favorite toxicologist, Dr. Beth Bilden said she kind of pushes towards the seven or eight.
0: Yeah. So the summary, well, there's no good studies about treatment. There's not a lot of good studies about scanning lab. Isn't that useful? So this is a, this is a time where you use the, use your clinical judgment and, um, probably less is better most of the time.
1: But, but, but she did. And everybody kind of the consensus was, if you know, this is going on, call the poison control center. Even if they're asymptomatic, call them. This is how we're going to get good data and good studies and have approximate understanding of this, because if it's probably way more prevalent than we know, because people just aren't calling because if they're asymptomatic, there's really not a Utility in calling, but I think it's still super important. Yep. To call, call them.
0: Call poison control. They do track this data and it, it would be very helpful.
1: Super helpful. So so observation six to eight hours or so if a person's in your ER and we have known um stuffing, but
0: it, it's not really a standard, it's just more of
1: the general the general kind of consensus. like consensus,
0: yeah. And again, remember, symptomatic patients should receive appropriate treatment uh, depending on what they've ingested.
1: And they did say pretty much ICU is what you're going to want to throw them in.
0: Why not? Why not? So interesting topic. We may revisit this down the road.
1: This is just here's an interesting, fun question <laughs> that you can all like leave thinking about. What if they swallowed it in, like a balloon? Because you know, it, or a glove, like a finger Condom of a glove. Condom is actually used most okay, often. Okay, well, what if this person that did that like quickly? had a latex allergy.
0: Well, that one go well. Probably very quickly. <laughs> anyway, on that note,
1: thanks for this talk. This was fabulous. This was great. I mean, obviously there's still not a lot of 100% anything on it, but
0: I've already received it's phone huge. calls from people that two I've received two phone calls about an issue wanting from your people, yeah, from sick, people that listen to this first talk. Yeah, my <laughs> autograph. Yeah, that's all right. Well, thanks, everybody. We're going to let Battle Eggs take over. Any other ending thoughts, Dr. Bell? No. Dr. Hopefully, Heather? we will
1: actually have one next week, too.
0: Hey, so thanks.
2: ocean exploring a coast and trouble appeared off the boards. a monster of nightmares with considerable size surely the most dangerous sort he reached out with dozens of tentacles his ball filled with teeth and with slime my face drained of color and my knees gave way and madness washed over my mind and black and the waves hit the deck as a monster rose from the sea a sign of the cross a farewell to my ship as i shouted my terminal plea Are